Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Locked On Blues Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm Josh Hyman, and I'm going to be taking you guys on a solo episode today. Lots to talk about. Going to be starting things off, um, recapping the Blues' stunning 2-1 to victory over the Dallas Stars' late-game heroics. Two goals in 15 seconds. It's so much fun to watch. I'm going to be breaking that down, talking about that. Second segment, I'm going to be talking a little bit about the Blues' continuing struggles with COVID as Colton Pareko and Braden Shen now join the COVID list for them. And I'll be closing things out talking once again about the Jacob Chikorin rumors. Um, it was reported on 32 Thoughts that the Blues are officially in on the Chikorin discussion, so might be a little bit more to it than I initially thought. Um, so I'm going to be getting into all of that and more. But first... I wanted to thank anyone out there who makes Locked On Blues your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Without further ado, let's talk about it. Maybe the most exciting victory I've seen in a while for the St. Louis Blues. You know, obviously not their strongest game necessarily from start to finish. Um, but they were the fact of the matter is, with 50 seconds left in regulation, they were losing 1-0. Uh, and they won in regulation. <laughs> causing Rick Bonus, coach of the Dallas Stars, to smash his stick against the glass on the bench, uh, get himself a big fine, lots of salty Stars fans in my tw- Stars fans in my Twitter mentions, I should say. Um, lots of fun uh, if you're a Blues fan in that game. Started out back and forth. Um, you know, Huso stood tall for sure in his first start in a while. Um, definitely... Seemed like the Blues couldn't really get out of their own end, own end there early on, playing a little sluggish, a little slow. Um, definitely gave Huso a challenge, and he stood tall to the task, um, you know, playing well <clears throat> and, um, you know, keeping the Blues in it for the most part at the beginning. Um, and I'm saying Huso. I meant Jordan Bennington. My mind's all over the place. Um, Jordan Bennington, sorry. Uh, did Played really well. Um, kept the Blues in the game there. A uh, little editing there for Tommy to do. Um, but those of you on YouTube, you're getting that live, un- uncensored, unedited. Um, anyways, yeah, Jordan Bennington did a good job of keeping the Blues in the game early. Uh, couldn't really get out of their own end. And, um, you know, really seemed like a game that they were going to struggle in. Um, Bennington stood up to the task early uh, and kept them in the game, like I said. Um, did a good job of really just you know, keeping the stars at bay, didn't let them get too much momentum in the offensive end, didn't allow a ton of rebounds or anything like that, that, you know, would allow the stars to really have in the blues. Um, you know, cause like I said, early on, the blues had enough of a hard time getting out of their own zone. Uh, so the fact that Bennington was playing as well as he did, uh, kind of gave them a bit of a safety net to fall back on. Um, when it came to, you know, surviving that first and early second period, the stars did end up striking first in the second period, um, getting a goal there from Robertson, who seemed to come out of nowhere this season for the Stars and has been terrorizing the Blues all season. Seems like uh, every time they've played, his name has been winding up on the score sheet. Um, that being said, um, you know, the Blues did a good job of keeping it one nothing. Definitely felt like that game could have gotten out of hand. 
uh, you know, with the amount of pressure that the stars were putting on, especially after that first goal. Um, it felt like this was sort of a, a done deal for the Blues. I saw a lot of takes on Twitter like, oh, boys were out partying last night, um, didn't really show up today, weren't expecting to win, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I disagree. I think while they definitely didn't have their game, you know, early on, as we saw, um, they still did a good job of, you know, doing their best, taking their heels in and, and le- keeping the game from sort of getting out of hand. Because the fact of the matter is, on any given night, there's going to be times when you're just not, you're not having it, you know, as a team. Um, like I've stressed earlier in the season on earlier episodes, you know, there are going to be times when your offense has it going and your defense doesn't. There are going to be times when your goaltending standing on its head and nothing else is really working. There's going to be times when, you know, your team has ebbs and flows, different areas of success and different areas of struggle. Um, and it seemed like the Blues just really couldn't get anything going offensively. But that being said, you know, defense and goaltending wise, they played really, really well. Um, and, you know, anytime you do that, anytime you have um, defense and goaltending like the Blues had in that Stars game, you're going to have a chance to win no matter what happens. You know, the Blues went up against Braden Holtby, uh, who stood on his head for the first 19 minutes or 59 minutes and 15 seconds of that game, pretty much. Um, and, you know, basically did all but steal the game for the Dallas Stars. Um, so, you know, anytime you're facing a goalie that's playing that well, if you're the St. Louis Blues or any team, really, you know, you're, you'd be lucky to <clears throat> enter the third period with only a 1-0 deficit at your head. It really felt like nothing the Blues could do would get past Holtby. He was swallowing everything up, not allowing rebounds, not, you know, not allowing guys to get in deep, whatever you want to say. You know, it really felt like the Blues just couldn't generate anything on offense. And part of that was them due to them not really moving their feet, being a little sluggish. Um, but the other end of that was just the Stars getting – sticks and passing lanes and Braden Holpe just absolutely standing on his head. So the fact that the blues, you know, entered that third period only down one Oh is a very good sign because they played two periods where they really struggled to generate anything. And all it takes is one, you know, one second pucked across the line. It's all it takes like, like that. And you're back in this game. So, you know, going into the third period, as much as those first two periods were frustrating and underwhelming, um, a one goal deficit is, is nothing when it comes to, you know, this Blues team and their high-powered offense, and we saw that for sure. Um, you know, late in the game, obviously, uh, Blues stepped it up. Uh, last 10 or so minutes, they really seemed like they were turning on the momentum. Um, it was a little little touch-and-go for a little bit. Like, it seemed like they kind of poured it all out there and and then left it and, and you know, didn't really get uh, that, that bounce that they needed. But all of a sudden, you know, entering the last minute, delayed penalty, Pucks bouncing around, going everywhere. Hopey's on his back. Ryan O'Reilly fires it into pretty much a wide open net um, to get the first goal for the St. Louis Blues, uh, which was on the power play. Um, another you know really strong game for the Blues power play, which has been really really dominant for them uh, as of late, and as I believe is up to like second or third in the NHL um, in terms of power play percentage. So good looks there for the Blues, absolutely. Um, and then, you know, after that, uh, there was a slash that was called, I believe, pretty much on that play, which gave the Blues another power play. Uh, and we all know what go- what happens after that, but uh, I'm going to take my sweet time to savor it and talk about it. And since we're reaching the end of segment one, I don't feel I can do it justice by talking about the the game winner and the win as a whole uh, in the rest of this segment. So I'm going to start off segment two with that, as well as talking about the additions of Colton Frago and Braden Shen into COVID protocol. But before I get into that, 
I wanted to thank one of our longtime sponsors, and that is Built Bar. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good you'll want to eat it, unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or even taste like a chemical spell. You want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. By week three, you might be thinking, this is just not worth it. Where's the chocolate? Where's the sweets? Well, Built Bar is covered in 100% chocolate every bar. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of net sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Here's an idea for the new year. Go to all your secret treat stashes at home, in the pantry, at the office, in the car, wherever. Throw out all the sugary or calorie-filled treats and replace them with Built Bar. So whenever you're craving a snack or treat, you can reach for something that's healthy and it tastes incredible. There's so many delicious flavors to choose from. Coconut, almond, peanut butter, brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint, brownie, and so many more. In fact, Built is always coming out with new limited-time flavors. So check out Built.com often to see what's new. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKS15. You'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKS15 for 15% off at Built.com. We'll be right back. Okay, so we are back. Segment two of today's episode. Let's see if I can get through it without blatantly confusing two players like I did in that first segment. Um, if so, I'd, cu- I'd count that up as a W for me. But speaking of Ws, I believe right in the last segment we left off at the Blues excitingly tying things up one-to-one with about 40 seconds to go in the first period or in the third period. Uh, and here am I thinking, oh, sweet, 30 seconds left. You know, that means they'll go into f- f- uh, three-on-three overtime with a power play. You know, I mean, I was pretty much set that the Blues were heading into overtime in that game. I think Dallas was set the Blue- that they were going to head into overtime that game and pretty upset about it, you know, blowing a lead that late. Blues fans can attest that's no fun, uh, giving up a tying goal uh, late in the period, late in the game. Blues have done that far too many times this season. Um, so it was nice to be on the other end of it. So yeah, I, I will fully admit that I didn't, I don't want to say I checked out of the game, but I kind of, you know, was like, Oh, whew, got the tying goal. Sweet. Got a point. Um, you know, get into overtime. Great. Um, so here I am watching all of a sudden, Oh, sweet power play pucks in our zone. Great. Jordan Cairo, bad angle fires it off the defender's shin pad, pass Braden Holtby and the blues are up two to one after trailing for, you know, second period on, not scoring for the first 19 minutes and 30 seconds of the game, and all of a sudden they scored two goals in 16 seconds. What? It was, I, I, I lost my mind. It was so fun to watch that goal. Um, I was in disbelief for a second. You know, I mean, who but Jordan Cairo to get a goal like that? You know, just firing a puck from nowhere on net off a shin pad into the back of the net. It felt like that's the type of thing that happens against the Blues so frequently. It was really nice to see it go the other way. Um, And yeah, I really feel like that comes down to the fact that Dallas had let their foot off the gas and kind of was being complacent and, you know, just, just playing for overtime. And when you get a guy like Jordan Cairo on the ice who can you know, come off the the opening face off at center ice and, you know, be in the zone below the circle in like three seconds flat. You really can't take a break like the Dallas Stars did because next thing you know, Jordan Cairo with his unfathomable speed has the puck on his stick in a not-so-dangerous spot usually, pile of bodies out front, throws it out front hoping for a prayer, and sure enough, 
you get a lucky bounce, something that I always talk about can win hockey games. You get, sure, you can play well as much as you want. You know, you can play as hard as you want. You can play as skillfully as you want. But a lot of times, especially, you know, late in the season, playoff time, it's going to come down to those bounces. And as much as those bounces are luck, there's there's something to be said about, you know, not giving up. And Jordan Cairo saying, hey, you know, let's see what happens. Let's might as well throw the puck out front and, and just, you know, throw it on net, see what happens. You know, Braden Holtby had been on fire all game and then all of a sudden lets in two goals on two consecutive shots, got shaken off of his game after giving up that first goal. And sure enough, next shot he sees is off his defender's shin pad and stars are down two to one. Um, <laughs> I, I'm psyched about that win, you know, because one thing that I've said about successful teams as successful teams find many different ways to win and we've seen the blues win in many different ways not just this season but over the past few weeks we've seen them win in blowout fashion we've seen them win in close games we've seen them win games that they probably deserve to lose i'm not saying they deserve to lose this game against dallas but with the way that Braden Holpe played and the way that the blues struggled for you know you could argue the first 50 minutes of that game i would not have been surprised to see the dallas stars you know come away with a four nothing victory um, with the way that they played. Uh, but the Blues did a really good job of locking down defensively, and Jordan Bennington, who had been a little bit you know, shaky in his past few starts, had one of his strongest starts of the season, kept the Blues in it, gave them a chance. And when you got an offense as high power as the one that the St. Louis Blues have, all it takes is is you know a one-goal deficit with 30 seconds left, and boom, you're in this game. Um, you know, a few little tidbits to clean up after that, you know, obviously great win, um, Seattle coming to town first time playing in St. Louis, or is it first time St. Louis played in Seattle? Uh, gonna, gonna fact check that before I make a fool of myself again. First time Seattle is playing in St. Louis. Um, always exciting to see that. Hopefully, you know, big crowd, excited crowd to, to watch, uh, history in the making. Um, but I'm excited to see the blues, um, you know, hopefully perform well against them. Um, and then. You know, Rick Bonus, obviously, coach of the Dallas Stars after the game. Um, it was uh, kind of funny to see him have his little meltdown, you know, going all over Twitter. Uh, everywhere you looked, I feel like it was seeing him smashing his stick against the glass. Um, and then comes out today, gets a fine for it. I believe it's $25,000. Uh, so <laughs> a little bit of a, a, little bit of a, a um, insult to injury for Rick Bonus and the Dallas Stars, not only did they blow a lead that late? Not only did, you know, Jamie Ben and the rest of the Dallas Stars, but especially Jamie Ben, because screw Jamie Ben, had to watch uh, his head coach smash his stick against the glass in frustration and probably listen to him rip them in a new you-know-what after the game. Um, then he gets a fine on top of it. You know, he wakes up today, checks his bank account, checks his Venmo, sees a $25,000 Venmo request from NHL. Um, I, I'm not going to complain. It makes me laugh. Um, Moving forward, though, Blues are playing the Seattle Kraken at home. Uh, Jaden Schwartz being healthy would have been great. I agree, JTAP. Um, unfortunate that he won't make his return to St. Louis this time, um, but I'm excited to see them play the Kraken regardless. Um, other takeaways, you know, I'm excited to see Jordan Cairo continue his momentum. He looks like he's playing with the most confidence he's ever played within his career, and that's saying a lot considering how hot of a season or how hot of a start he got off to this season and last season. It really feels like um he's uh you know back to not back to he's reaching a new level of confidence and ability thanks to that confidence and i'm just really excited to see him continue to flex his his uh hockey muscles 
uh, on the rest of the league as well. Uh, Richard Clay says, I would imagine Vlad and Prunovich will be ready for the Kraken. I hope so. Um, I'm not going to speculate at this point, you know, because the Blues have done a really good job, next man up mentality and all that. And, you know, it, it feels like every day the injury list keeps growing longer and longer. So I hope Vlad and Perunovic come back. But that being said, um, I did want to talk this segment about Colton Pareko and Braden Shen joining the COVID list for the St. Louis Blues. Two guys that have been a little bit underwhelming this year. I think Pareko has been better than last year, you know, when everyone was really calling him out and stuff. But I still feel like he's definitely a little reserved um, than what he could be this year. I think he's been really solid, but... I don't think he's morphed into that number one defenseman that Blues fans thought he would be following that cup run where he was so dominant. Um, and Brendan Shen, another example of a guy that kind of just feels like the, the odd man out of that dominant forward group for the St. Louis Blues. Um, that contract may be looking a little spooky, um, but that's a conversation for another day. So maybe a bit of a blessing in disguise for now. You know, a chance for other guys to step their game up and then a chance for Braden Shen and Colton Pareko to both kind of get a fire lit under them and play strong when they get back into the lineup moving forward. Um, but with both of those guys entering COVID protocol, and more specifically with Colton Pareko entering COVID protocol, there remains one player on the St. Louis Blues who has uh, stayed fully healthy this season, knock on wood, and that is Marco Scandella. How ironic that the scapegoat of this season for St. Louis Blues fans is the only one who has appeared in every single game for them which just goes to show how much uh, adversity the St. Louis Blues have dealt with this season, how difficult it has been for them to, you know, just stay healthy and, and field the full roster. Uh, they played uh, their second game with a full healthy roster a few games ago. Um, and then, sure enough, right after that, uh, two of their best players, or two of their most promising players this season, in Vladimir Tarasenko and Scott Brunovich, go out with protocol or go out, go out with COVID. And now Braden Shen and Colton Pareko join them. Who knows if the Blues will ever play fully healthy again, but you know what? They're winning, so I can't complain too much. Um, Richard Clay says that's okay because Jacob Chikrin will become our number one D-man. Last time that Tommy and I talked about this, I was kind of not sold on the idea that the Blues were interested in him, but uh, my... uh, my my silly self got proved wrong in the most recent 32 thoughts where it was reported that the Blues are interested in Jacob Shikran. So I'm going to be talking about that, the potential trade packages, and more in the third segment. But first, I wanted to tell you guys about betonline.ag. If you guys have a prediction where you think Jacob Shikran will end up, you can place a bet on that at betonline.ag. BetOnline would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022, new year, and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all of the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts, and we'll be right back. All right, back into it for the third and final segment of today's episode. In surprising news, at least to me, uh, 32 thoughts came out. I was reading through it, you know, finding out little tidbits about the rest of the league. And sure enough, our favorite, our lovely St. Louis Blues popped up um, in the mix for Jacob Chikorin, a young, 
team-friendly contract having, exciting defenseman for the Arizona Coyotes, led all defensemen in goals last season, having a little bit of a down year this year, um, a little bit of health issues in his career. But that being said, he is a young defenseman. Uh, he plays well on both ends of the ice. He's big, and he's on a very, 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 very team-friendly contract. Um for a player of his caliber at his position, I believe it's like another five years at like four point six million, something ridiculous like that. Um, all of these aspects are just going to make it harder for the Blues to trade for him. The only thing working in their favor, you could call it favor, um, in terms of bringing his value down, is his injury history, which is my number one restraint in trading for him. Um, that being said, though, it is reported that the Blues are in on him, so got to do the due diligence, got to talk about it, got to think about what the package could be. The reports are that they want a, uh, I believe it was a young player, a high-end prospect in a first-round pick. Um, I know that the name that was tossed around for the Blues would be Joel Hoffer, um, you know, another guy that they have in their goaltending ranks that just maybe is the odd man out. You know, with with the youth that the Blues have at their goaltending spot, you could see one of them go out between, you know, Billy Huso, Joel Hofer, Colton Ellis. Um, one of those three guys is probably expendable just due to, due to the pure numbers of the, of the situation. Um, that being said, it would definitely take much more than that. I would expect a guy like Clem Costin to be in the deal, maybe even Scott Perunovic as well. Um, and, of course, a first-round pick. Now, the other issue that comes with that is the salary. Um as Richard Clay points out in the chat, the most likely solution is probably Marco Scandella uh, in terms of salary matching um, because, you know, the Blues are right up against the cap at the moment, so they do have work to do. If they do want to bring in a guy with a, a semi-large cap hit like Chikorin, you got to send some money the other way. Um, I mean, look, if you're if you're trading for a guy like Jacob Chikorin and you assume he will be your number one defenseman for, you know, years to come, you you got to be willing to part with a lot of pieces for that. Um, that being said, given his injury history and given that he's only had really one solid year, granted it was an extremely solid year, leading all defensemen in goals on a team as poor as the Arizona Coyotes. Um, I don't know if I'm you know jumping at the opportunity to gut your entire uh, future for one guy. You know we've seen the Blues sort of go into their prospect pool lately whether it's trading Dominic Bach for Justin Falk or Tage Thompson for Ryan O'Reilly, you know, the blues aren't afraid to, to dump some of their, their uh, premier prospects. That being said, you're not just looking at dumping prospects. If the trade really is Perunovic, Costin, Hoffer, Scandella, that is four players that have played for your roster this year. That is four guys that you have played at the NHL level this year. You're going to have to replace Perunovic, Costin and Scandella as guys that are in your lineup almost every night you know Costin is a little bit of an extra guy but Brunovich and Scandella have been playing with this defense pretty much all season so yes Jacob Chikorin is great but is the addition of Jacob Chikorin going to account for losing two or three roster guys maybe maybe you know uh, the Blues do have the depth I think on forward to to take a hit like that um, I think they got some extra forwards that can really come in and get the job done. But that being said, you know, you're looking at, at looking at it tonight with or tomorrow night um, with a guy like, you know, uh, Braden Shen going down with injury. Now it's like, what the heck are the Blues going to do? James Neal from the taxi squad, I guess. Um, 
but you know the Blues are already thin enough uh, with all the injuries and COVID guys that they've got. I just don't know if if um, they're going to be willing to dump that many roster players for one guy. Uh, I would maybe see Jacob Chikorin joining the Blues in the offseason. That might make a little more sense. Um, it's tough, you know. It's it's just it's just a lot for one guy. If that's really the price, not to mention um, what a guy like Joel Hofer could turn into. Uh, we saw Bennington, you know, kind of come from nothing, and Joel Hofer is a, a premier prospect at the goaltending position. Maybe he could turn into a really capable NHL goalie someday, and you'd really be kicking yourself if you're going up against Joel Hofer and he's pitching shutouts left and right because you traded for Jacob Chikrin and God forbid Jacob Chikrin continues to have injury woes, whatever, what have you. That's the negatives of it. I do want to, you know, put a positive spin on this because I don't think it's all doom and gloom. Um, we talked a lot earlier this season about the Blues being one piece away from being a Stanley Cup contender. And if the Blues go out and they trade for Jacob Chikrin and they get the version of Jacob Chikrin that led all defensemen in goals last season, the Blues can win a Stanley Cup. Without a doubt. Absolutely. They're missing a piece, and that missing piece is on defense. Um, do I think that this team right now couldn't win a Stanley Cup? Not necessarily. Um, but I do think that if you want to compete for a Stanley Cup, you need to have a really, really elite defensive core, and the Blues don't quite have that yet. Um, and Jacob Chikrin could be the guy that really pushes the needle for the St. Louis Blues and allows them to you know, take that next step and, and contend for a Stanley Cup. Um, I just don't know if the risk out, uh, if the reward outweighs the risk at this moment. Just anytime you're giving up that many players, that many young players, you know, it would really stink if even one of those players became more valuable than Jacob Chikrin was. And the fact of the matter is, Perunovic, Kostin, and Hofer, or any of those guys like that, all potentially could be really valuable NHL pieces down the line for the Blues or the Arizona Coyotes if that trade were to happen. So if I'm Doug Armstrong and you're calling me up, Bill Armstrong, you know, uh, GM of the Arizona Coyotes, you call me up and you say, hey, I will give you Jacob Chikorin. You give me Joel Hofer, Scott Brunovich, Blim Kostin, Marco Scandella, and a first. I say no. I say no. That is five NHL caliber pieces. You know, first round pick, obviously very valuable, not a player, but four guys that, you know, have seen time. In the NHL this season, Joel Hofer, you know, who knows, could be NHL ready next season at this rate. We don't know. Um, I just think that's too much to give up for one guy, especially a guy with injury history, especially a guy that has been inconsistent like Jacob Shikran. Sure, he's been on the Arizona Coyotes, and you could say, oh, you know, put him with a good team, and he'll light it up. I'm not buying it. Um, but that being said, I have so much trust and faith in Doug Armstrong. I don't think he has really lost on a trade in a long, long time. Um, you know, apart from you could argue like the Fabry trade, but that was for more than just hockey. Um, so I trust Doug Armstrong with whatever he decides to do. Um, if he thinks trading Jacob, trading for Jacob Chikorin could bring this team a Stanley Cup and he could do so without mortgaging the future, then I'm all for it. Uh, but that being said, <clears throat> we just got to wait and see because we can't predict the future, unfortunately. But we're going to do our best to cover all the future endeavors of the St. Louis Blues here on the Locked on Blues podcast. That is all the time I have for you guys today. So I wanted to thank everybody so much 
for listening and watching on YouTube. So make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. Leave us a review if you're feeling so kind. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube and that notification bell. That way you can be notified whenever we either go live or upload a new episode. We just hit 100 subscribers, which is really, really cool. Hopefully the first of many milestones for us. We've loved doing this YouTube thing. Uh, We've been able to interact with so many more of you guys, talk with you guys in chat, all that fun stuff and more. It's been great. Uh, Follow us on all of our social medias at Lockdown Blues on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. You can follow me on Twitter. There you go. Look at that point. At Josh Hyman NHL. Follow Tommy on Twitter at TWelcher15. Thanks so much for listening. And as always, let's go Blues.